Hello and welcome to the Before I Knew You podcast. We are McKenna and Ty. And thank you for joining us. This is a podcast about miscarriage, pregnancy loss, life, and family. So what do you say, Ty? Let's get started. Welcome back to the Before I Knew You podcast. We have a little fun story that we would like to tell you guys. We always try to start our episodes with something a little lighthearted and funny, and we sat here and racked our brains for a while, and we finally came to the conclusion that the story of when we got our first dog is a story worth telling. It was a good one. But before we get right into that, I just want to talk about a little bit about the podcast. Uh, Kenna, how are you? <coughs> how have you been feeling about the podcast so far? Um, I have had a lot of fun with it. I feel I feel really pretty good about it. Um, and I think that we've we've had good feedback, but give us more. Yeah, I think it's been going really good, and uh, I've appreciated the community growing and people messaging us on Facebook and people liking stuff and commenting. Um, we really appreciate everyone listening and taking the time. I know in today's age, there's a lot of stuff that wants our time, and so anytime you guys take your time to listen to us, we really appreciate it. Um, one thing we'd like to just throw out there is... Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, we want you guys to, uh, you know, like our Facebook page, subscribe um, to the podcast. If you want to leave a review, if you like the podcast or not, just leave a review. Um, let us know what you're thinking. Um, if you want to talk to us, uh, feel free to message us on Facebook. And um, Ken is always really good about uh, messaging back to people and um, again, you know, if you got a story out there, or you want something heard, or you just want to message somebody just to get it off your chest, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're always here for you. So anything you want to add to that? Um, no, just again, thank you for the feedback we've already got, but, um, we really don't know how to do better or be better unless you let us know. So if you have any suggestions or complaints or what have you just send them our way and we can consider all the things yeah so when when we first got married um we, i was kind of living in a trailer um that my grandpa used to own uh, then when he passed away i was renting it from my parents and they didn't really want us having a dog well they just like put new carpet in there or something right yeah the main living room had new carpet but I mean, the trailer was is old. It's like yeah. thirty years old. But so I think I was, the new carpet was the the reason we couldn't have a dog. Oh yeah, that could have been. And I think they just know dogs destroy stuff, so they probably. It's true. But you just had to have a dog, didn't you? Yeah, I did, and I think I don't remember for sure, but I think we may have touched on that a little bit in our very first episode where I talked about um like we were having issues getting pregnant and I just thought it would be fun to have something to come home to uh and so I just really wanted to have a dog and there was this dog that my mom found on pet finder 
uh, she was in Sheridan, and my mom had sent her to me, like, it might have even been, like, before we got married or right after we got married. Uh, her name was Eva, and she was a blue tick coonhound. And I was like, oh, that dog is so cute, but we can't have dogs. Yeah, I think there was a couple we were looking at on that shelter page. And there was, yeah, Eva. <coughs> and there was... It was, was a black lab, but I can't remember that dog's name. And then there was another coon. Oh, dog. yeah, that bigger coon hound yeah. dog, yeah. Yeah. So I'll let you continue. I think we just went to go look, right? Uh, Yeah, we just like woke up that morning and you were like, we should just go look at the dogs. And I was like, oh, twist my arm. I guess we'll take a little drive and go look at the dogs. I mean, both of us have always had dogs and enjoyed dogs. And, you know, it's hard to be without one, I guess. When you're used to having one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did. We tried fish for a little bit and... That became a little bit of a catastrophe for us. Yeah, the one fish ate all the other fish. Yeah, yeah. so we weren't very good fish owners, and so we knew but that it we... it was a SpongeBob aquarium, so... Yeah, it was pretty epic. That was pretty cool. But... I'm, be- a, bi- I'm a big SpongeBob fan. But because our one fish murdered all the other fish, we decided it was time to take a 90-minute drive to Sheridan, Wyoming. Yeah, you just can't buy any fish and put it all together. Because there's always one mean fish that eats all the other one. Yeah, that's true. They always fight each other. We were just like, let's buy this one, this one. This one looks cool. That one looks cool. That one's pretty. <laughs> and then we come back and there's one, like one fish left. And just a bunch of scales floating in the water. Yep. Yeah. A massacre. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we woke up on that, uh, I think it was like Saturday morning and you recommended we just went for a little drive to Sheridan to just go look at the dogs um and uh when we got there we immediately saw Eva the hound dog and she like came right up to the little door and she's like did we see her first or the lab I think we saw Eva first no I think we saw the lab first oh okay well I don't we played with Eva first I think I thought we played with the lab first. Maybe we did. I don't remember. I don't remember either, but we walked up to Eva's cage, and she came up to the door, and she was, like, walking circles and acting like she's going to be all playful with us and whatnot, and they asked us if we wanted to do a meet-and-greet with Eva in, um, like, a private room, and we said yes, and we took Eva in that room. They had a whole bunch of toys in there, and Eva was so playful. Yeah, she came in and she was just the most playful dog you could. She was so sweet. She'd grab a toy, you know. She was t- like playing tug of war with you. Yeah, it was like she was so comfortable and she tricked us. Well, here's the thing. <coughs> that um, black lab probably would have walked like on the ceiling or something. That was a high, strong dog. Yeah, that was pretty hyper. <laughs> um, and then when we went in the room with Eva, it was just like it was calm. She was playful, but she was calm. She was quiet. Um, and they came in and they were like, do you like her? Do you want her? And we had a really quick discussion. We were like, we know that we can't have a dog there, but where we live, but we think we can hide it. And Ty's parents don't have to know that we're going to have a dog. 
and everything will be fine. Until we filled, until <laughs> I had to fill out the paperwork, and I guess I don't like lying because paperwork is like, do you own a house or do you rent a house? And I put, well, I rent a house. And they said, well, we got to call the owner. Well, hang on a second. You called me over. I was like doing something <coughs> over yonder. And you called me over and you said, what do I put here? And we decided that we would be honest and say that we were renting. And then it asked for the landlord's name and phone number. And I said, should I go call your dad while you fill this out? Oh, yeah. And you said, you finish filling this out. I'll go call my dad. So I am trying to like. And then I I asked the people helping us. I was like, do you actually contact the landlord? Is it like important that we have his information? And they said, yes, they have to contact and make sure that pets are allowed. So I'm like very slowly filling out this application, trying to let you finish your phone call with your dad. And while Ty is on the phone with his dad, telling him about this dog that we're looking at and basically begging for forgiveness, saying we already got this dog. I can't remember. Did they call him first? They called him while you were on the phone with him. He was like, hang on, I have a weird number calling me. I'll have to call you back. And it was the dog shelter calling him and asking if it was okay that we took the dog home. Yeah, something weird like that happened. I'm trying to remember exactly. So Ty was trying to like really quick convince his dad while the dog shelter was calling his dad, making sure it was okay that we had the dog. Because I had tried talking to him before about letting the dog there, and he was like, no, I just don't really want one. He's like, you understand, right? And I'm like, yeah, we understand. I was like, Kenna really wants one. He's like, yeah, you know, I forget what. And then he was like, yeah, we'll we'll keep thinking about it or something. And then we just kind of went and did it. And then he was like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so we got a little sneaky sneak and thought we were going to sneak a dog home. But we did not. And we, in fact, brought Eva home to... So when we took Eva from the shelter to the car... She was the shyest dog and didn't want to go. Immediately tucked her tail. I was like, what's going on? You were so playful uh, before, and now you're just, like, not just being super shy, which I get. We were like, all right, it's just because it's new, and she doesn't know where she's going. Trying to put her in a minivan, she went kicking and screaming just like I did. Minivans are cool, just so you know they are. So, yes... Eva tricked us. She was very playful when we met her, and then she got scared. And Eva was, in fact, a playful dog, uh, but she was also very scared and very shy. Um, We think that she had a history of abuse, and so she was just very timid. Um, But we, we got to spend four years. Yeah, three or four years. Three or four years. Yeah, we had Eva she, for three or four years. She turned out to be one of the best dogs we've ever had or I've ever owned. She was just the... She wasn't a good dog. She was just a silly dog. She was silly. She was a good dog. She wasn't, I mean, she was naughty at times, but she... Uh, I remember you brought a little... There was a little kid over 
one of your friends or something. Oh yeah, and she chased and, that kid. And she all was over. super playful, so we were like, "Oh great, she's gonna be great around kids and all that." So Eva was a really good dog, and I uh, she ended up passing away there, but um, she was definitely one of our top dogs that we maybe try to get. Maybe our favorite dog we've that, had. Maybe try to get a blue tick coonhound dog. So if you're listening out there and you know somebody who has blue tick coonhounds. It's got to be all black and then like brown. With a little bit of white. Tiny bit. Yep. Um. So yeah, that is our story about Eva. She was a great puppy, but we unfortunately lost her over a year ago. And well, two years ago, huh? Yep. Something like that. Yep, like two years ago. And so. It was very sad, but she's fondly remembered. Yep, yep. So uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, our main topic, Kenna. Yeah, we have a we have a pretty special episode for you today. Um, one that is very special to us, and I um, know that you will understand why. Um, we are releasing this podcast on July thirtieth, which is our estimated due date for our baby girl Millie. So this is a podcast in remembrance of our sweet girl, Millie. This past weekend, we um, had a little memorial for her. Had a bunch of friends and family come over. and um, It was kind of for all of our miscarriages and babies we had. Um, and uh, my dad, who was a preacher, came and gave a little message. And um, it was a good time. And then we just kind of wanted to have a... Yeah, it to be kind of a, a, a fun event, not super down, so we cooked a bunch of hot dogs and hamburgers, and we all sat around and, you know, just talked and had a good time, but it was a good memorial for uh, Millie. I would say, given the circumstances, of course, um, it was probably one of the sweetest days that I've experienced in my lifetime. Um, it was just so sweet to see how many people gathered around and supported us and loved us and loved Millie near and far so probably something that like a tradition type thing maybe for her due date or her birthday um just something to always um keep her memory alive yeah but her birthday's uh near my birthday yeah that's how I remember it yeah. It's like two days before my birthday. Yep, February 21st is Millie's birthday, but her due date was July 30th. Yep. So, um, can I let you start it off? Um, kind of, we want to just tell Millie's story and uh, um, kind of celebrate her a little bit and thank God that we had the chance to, uh, to at least see her and hold her. Yeah, so like we stated in prior episodes, um, Millie had a birth defect called anencephaly, which is where the top portion of her skull did not form. Um, And 
that birth defect makes babies incompatible with life outside the womb. So usually within a few hours of them being born, um, they pass away. Um, unfortunately, Millie passed away in my womb, um, and so she was stillborn at 17 weeks. Um, but when I first when I first got the news that Millie had the birth defect, um, I think I was maybe as any parent would be, but I think I was really in shock. And when my doctor, um, Dr. Biggs told me, um, that there was, that there's a, she said there's a problem, or I think she said like there's a serious problem. Um, I, I kind of just expected her to say something like, like we're suspecting Down syndrome or something like that. Like I wasn't expecting her to come at me with, she has this birth defect that makes her incompatible with life outside of the womb. Um, so when she told me that, I just kind of sat there for a minute and maybe processed for a quick second. Um, and basically she said, with this kind of news, uh, I'm and I was there by myself, she said, I'm not going to overload you with any of the information on what this birth defect is. When I get off of work this evening... If it's okay with you, I'll just come over to your house and um, I'll chit-chat with you and Ty and we'll just kind of get the whole story, the big picture of what Millie's birth defect actually entailed. Yeah, you called me and you told me, you know, and so many questions just came up into my mind. He's like, is this something that is survivable? What does this look like? I think I did some YouTubing, or not YouTube, but just Google just to find out what what this uh what this was um you know and then dr biggs came over that evening yeah um and what's it called again anencephaly yeah i won't remember i think is how you pronounce it (laughs) um but yeah that that wasn't um an easy thing for us to hear or an easy thing for us to process even alone or together. It was like the first time I'd ever heard of that, and I was just kind of confused. I was like, you know, how does this happen? What what is this? Is this, you know, just so many questions about, you know, and Dr. Bids kind of explained to us that, uh, you know, that the baby's not going to survive this, and, uh, you know, that it's, it's something that, happens to what how many babies out of was like 200 or something one out of 200 or something um well it's fewer than 20,000 u.s cases a year so whatever that math is like one in 20,000 or one in 200,000 something like that yeah it's super it's super rare or you know just kind of and they're not sure what causes it right um yeah i think they have like some ideas of what, like, could have caused um, the birth defect. Um, Dr. Biggs did give us, like, some like some ideas of what her thoughts were as far as um, maybe what she thought the cause was of it. But truthfully, it's, 
it's really probably something that just can't really, like you can't, it's, it was a fluke thing, you know, um, we can't really, I, I, I think you can't really for a hundred percent say, if you do this, this won't happen because it is so rare. Yeah. All they, I think all they can do is speculate, but there's, it, it was just one of those things that just happened and, you know, I don't think it was anybody's fault. Just, you know, that wasn't just what happened, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was really tough for us. Um, but we are beyond grateful that Dr. Biggs took the time to come over to our house and just really, like, walk us through everything that anencephaly is she walked us through like um like how many cases there are per year um (coughs) she pulled up millie's ultrasound on her phone and she really like like showed us on the ultrasound where the problem was and why they kind of what they saw and just really walked us through everything um and left us with a whole bunch of reading material and um, just made herself really, really available to us um, as we began the process of really processing uh, the news that we had received, which I think to this day we're still trying to process that conversation. Yep. So, and then uh, Millie passed away. And then we had to go to the hospital to go deliver her. <laughs> yep. Which um, was, I never realized, I mean, I guess I should have realized, I guess I never thought about it before, about delivering a baby after so long. Mm-hmm. Or how that happens, or... We just didn't know. Yeah. Do they do a C-section? Yep. I was. There's a lot of questions uh, in my mind. Um, which again, Dr. Biggs was super, super, um, good at really describing, um, like what that process would look like for us. Um, you know, she, she said some women need to have an epidural, some women just go without, some women just need some pain medication, but it is a baby that you're going to have to deliver. Like you're far enough along that it's a baby that we're going to have to deliver. Don't mind our dumb dogs barking in the background. <laughs> we traded. We got. We got. After Eva, we got um, Bear and this other dog, Honey. And they're both really dumb. Really dumb. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we went to the hospital um, to deliver Millie, and. <sighs> While we were on our way there, I was I was trying to um, just really talk with Ty about like, you know, like what do we want this to look like? How do we, like how how do we want to go about um, this birthing process? And I told Ty I don't think that I'm strong enough to do this. Uh, and I I told him that I would consider asking if we could just do a c-section because I just didn't feel like I was strong enough to deliver her I'm just like emotionally and mentally I didn't feel strong enough Um, and you were 
you were very gracious and you just said like we're gonna we're gonna do whatever we have to do whatever you feel like we need to do is the way we're gonna go about it um and I said at the very least um I want to do this without an epidural because when you get an epidural um obviously you're like for lack of better words paralyzed like from the waist down um and I just wanted to and and it's a process after they take the epidural out it's a process to like get up and do all the things and so I just wanted to be there I wanted to be um present and I I wanted it to be um just like me you and Millie I didn't want to have to worry about anything extra um and they did end up giving me a little bit of IV pain medication um, right toward the end, um, but for the most part. So I guess before we get there, we get it scheduled, and it was pretty nice. I think we had to get up early, right, go there. And everyone knew we were coming, like the doctors, and so we didn't really have to check in. We just went straight up there, which was really nice. And the, the doctor, we came up, and the doctor's like, oh, right this way, you know. And so it, it worked out. It's kind of nice to know we don't have to, you know. Didn't have to explain our situation. Yeah, you just go up. And, <laughs> yeah, and so that then was. They, yep, then they, they got you, you know, they started giving you some medication, I think, first, right, to start inducing. Oh, yeah. And then I don't, they, I don't I'm just there watching. I don't remember everything yeah. they give you. Well, we also had to fill out like a bunch of paperwork. Um, we had to discuss if we wanted her to be cremated or if we didn't want her to be cremated. We Which had is, it's also stuff you don't really think about either. Yeah. You know, I it's uh, there's so much stuff that goes on when you have to go do that stuff that you don't. You're not thinking about all that other stuff, yeah. and then you got to fill out the stuff. And so we had to have a discussion what we wanted to do. Um, they yeah. asked us if we wanted to take the cooling cot home with her and have her home for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, which we ultimately decided against that. Yeah. Um, so we did choose to do the cremation and um, between the hospital and the funeral home. Um, it was free of charge. Old Bumblebee. Old Bumblebee. We can tell that story, too. <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, but we'll go. Yep, so um, do you want to tell how far along she was? Yeah, I've already said that she was 17 weeks. Um, uh, just so teeny tiny. She was six and three quarters inches um, and, like, 7.62 grams or something like that. I think we got there at the hospital, what, like 6, and you delivered her by like 9 or 10? Yeah. Is it that was, right? Yeah, it was, it was pretty quick, and it, it was kind of early. Yeah. Um. And then, yep, she was delivered. Um. Ken and I hung out with her for about, what, an hour? Well, probably, yeah. And we had, when she was delivered, we texted your parents and my parents were like hey uh, we want you guys to come up um and then you know by the time they got there because we didn't we didn't really discuss any of that beforehand with our parents or we didn't really know how we were going to feel or what was going to go on so 
I think once we delivered Millie, then we were like, well, let's let's invite our parents up here at least. Um, so then about an hour, then uh, your parents came first, I think. Yeah, your parents yeah. showed up first. But it, they were like back to back. Yeah, your parents were there for me like 30 minutes before. Yeah. And then my parents showed up. And uh, it was a real sweet time. It was, it was. Uh, it, you know, everybody took turns holding uh, Millie. And it doesn't really, for me, <sighs> doesn't really affect you until you see the baby and you're holding the baby. And that's when it got really real for me. And I started just, you know, that's when I started feeling all the feelings. And, like, this is my, my daughter, my little girl. Um, and so that was really tough. And knowing that she's not going to come home with us. She's going to be, we're going to leave there without her. You know, that was tough. Um, and while our parents were there, um, we've kind of mentioned before that we did um, some pictures of Millie and with Millie. Um, and that was another service that we forgot to mention when we were talking about like the check-in process. They asked us if we um, wanted a photographer to come in. And Do you remember the, it was, it was, I forget the lady's name, but wasn't it a, uh... Did she have her own company, or was it what was the well, company? Well, she worked name? for a company called Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, um, and they take pictures of stillborns and their families. Yeah. Um, which, at first, I think we were both kind of like, it just it just didn't feel right, maybe. Yeah, and then we were just like, they were like it's free, it doesn't cost anything. Sometimes it's people appreciate just doing it, and then you know. If you don't like the pictures or whatever, you don't have to get them. But, yeah, you know, at first, because I, I don't know, when I first heard of it, I was like, that's kind of a weird, <laughs> I guess it's not weird. But when I heard it, I was like, yeah, that's, I don't. Yeah, we felt indif- indifferent about it. It's like, I don't know if I could do that job. Yeah. Um. So we did decide to have the photographer come in. Um. So a couple hours after Millie was born, the photographer came in, um, who is actually, her name is Anne, and I <coughs> I would love to have her on this podcast at some point just to talk about how do you do what you do. Um, that would be an insanely hard job, um, but she was, she was so professional, she was so kind, she was so loving, um, she prayed with us, she prayed for us. Um, and she took some beautiful pictures of your parents with Millie, us with Millie, my parents with Millie, um, just some pictures of Millie by herself. Um, so yeah, I was, I was really, in the end, I was really grateful that we, um, chose to get the pictures, um, because now they're, I think your mom, are you, somebody was friends with her, right? My mom knew her. Yeah. 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 So when she walked in, um, her and my mom saw each other and it was, they had to have a quick moment. <laughs> um, what did her shirt say? Her you me- remember? I was trying to remember because my mom was like, oh, I want one of those shirts or something. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember either. It, but it, it was it was a saying basically along the lines of like, we got to hold you in our arms for a little while. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. One of those like miscarriage 
stillborn um, sayings was on her shirt. Um, so yeah, she she took the pictures for us. Um, it was it was a pretty quick ordeal, um, and then yeah, we spent probably a couple more hours with Millie after that. Um, they they um, took Millie and took some did her footprints on a couple pieces of paper for us and yeah i think you're gonna get that tattooed on your arm right yeah i would love to have and then we'll we'll post the picture on the uh socials yeah my side note i have a kind of like a what would you call it a memory arm maybe um, where I have a heart that has the blue and the pink um, watercolor um, to symbolize our miscarriages with the years that the miscarriages happened. Um, and then I have Emery's name on my arm um, with some watercolor rainbow um, around it. So I'm going to get Millie's footprints added there, her birthday, and then, of course, we'll add Callie's. Yeah, and it, I mean, one it, on there too. and it's fine that you don't have my name, but... You know, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to work on that one. Sorry about that. I mean, it's not that just T-Y. I mean. Thank you. You don't have to. Uh, it's not. It won't be that painful. It, it won't be that hard of a tattoo, but I understand. Yeah, I'll think about it. I'll come up with a design. I'm if you still... guys have any designs for the name T-Y, Ty, send them our way. There you go. <laughs> I'm still, I I don't know. Maybe I want a tattoo, but I don't know what I, I don't have any. But I think tattoos are cool, but I just don't know what to get. He lives vicariously through me because I have some tats. No, I mean, I want to get one, but i it's got to be the right thing. I got to be like, yeah, I want that. You know, I'm not going to do like Dallas Cowboys or, <laughs> you know, champ, put the Super Bowl like they're going to win this year. Oh, man. Yeah, let's not do that. But anyways, back on track. So, yeah, a couple hours we had with Millie. Um, and then it was time, uh, we decided it was time for us to leave. They didn't, they they were going to allow us to stay there as, as long, long as we wanted to, yeah. um, but we decided we... And again, they said we could take Millie home for a day. Uh, we just, we'd be passed on that, and we went to Millie and we said our goodbyes to her, and we, um, which was tough again, leaving without your baby, um, without your daughter, um... You know, all the memories that could have been or or whatever if this didn't happen. You know, you had to leave away from that and just remember her for this time. And um, she was precious. She was beautiful. And, uh, you know, I basically told her that uh, I'll see her again one day and that I love her and uh, I'll always keep her in my heart. That's enough of that, sir. um what did you tell her probably that i loved her um that i was was sorry that this was our circumstances um but you know on on saturday when we had millie's memorial your dad said it so perfectly um he said how, how did he say like um we we can't feel sorry for her. Yeah, we can. Because she's in heaven, and the pain is here on earth with us, but that she's with Jesus. So. Yeah, that was. 
that was a comforting, e- even though it's something that we knew, um, growing up as Christians, like we know, you know, that pain goes away when you get to heaven. Um, but it was just, it was like, a my mind painted a beautiful picture, um, of mainly just being whole and complete in heaven. Um, and her not really, she, she's not sorry that those were her circumstances. Um, she, she passed on to, to the greatest place. And, um, but yeah, I, I told her, you know, I loved her and, um, I, I just don't think anybody no matter how hard we try or somebody else tries to explain the pain you feel leaving without your baby. Um, um, so after we got home, um, Dr. Biggs called me and she just kind of wanted to talk me through like what the postpartum stuff would look like. And she told me it is not uncommon for moms who deliver a stillborn and go home without their baby it's not uncommon to have like physical pain like physical heart pain for your baby and um i i experienced that and like i I think that that's like the best thing that i can use to explain how it felt to leave without our baby like it physically hurt yeah it's something that you're not supposed to do it's not yeah. you this is your child and when you have kids they they go with you everywhere they come home and they learn life and so when you leave it there and so taking that step out the door it's really it's tough because that's the last time that we got to see her physically you know, so we got the courage up and, uh, we laid her down in her bed. We said our goodbyes and we, uh, packed our stuff up. We got out the door, you know, which was very hard. Um, we got in the car and we went back home and, uh, that's where we're, we pretty much stayed for, I know I did for a whole week. Kenna was probably stuck in the basement, which is our bedroom, um, and we have, you know, TV and everything down there. It's kind of a nice place. Um, but that's kind of where she was stuck for how long? Three weeks? <laughs> it was probably about a month I didn't. Probably about a month. She didn't really want to go outside, which is understandable. You just, we're kind of those people that, you know, we're going to just deal with this. And and we're going to take our time. And, you know, we didn't, we had, uh, you know, friends and family over periodically. But we also... We needed our alone time to go through this, and I know your parents and my parents were there for a while, so, um, and all that, and I remember, uh, I know your mom talked about it, but up to that day, there was the Murdoch trial, which everyone knows the Murdoch trial, the the murders, um, I know I had been listening to the trial at work for, like, weeks beforehand, and, uh, so we spent a lot of time just sitting there watching that but i think it was uh, a 
couple days. When did the funeral home contact us? Uh, it was Monday. It was Monday when we went in Friday. I think it was Thursday. Thursday. And well, I think we we went to the funeral home to sign all the stuff on Thursday. Oh, okay. Which means we had her on Wednesday. Yeah, and then uh, they called us Monday when she had been cremated. Yeah, they, the funeral home lady who had been helping us, who we filled out all the paperwork with and all that. Um, she called me and she said, "I'm just letting you know that Millie is ready. Um, you can come pick her up at any time." And this is the part of the story where we met Bumblebee. Yes. The so, famous Bumblebee, little precious Bumblebee. <laughs> so, um, my dad doesn't work on Mondays, and he said, maybe we should get you out of the house. Maybe we should just, like, drive up to the mountains. It was snowy, so we couldn't really do much, but he was just like, let's just go hang out. At the mountains for a little bit. Um, yeah, they kept trying to get us out of the house. <laughs> and I was going, I I could go out a little bit more than Kenna could. But she didn't want to run into people and then have to talk about it, which is understandable. Um, so I called. Pe- people don't come up and talk to me when I go out in public. So. Oh, well, me either, really. So we're in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> you more than others. Um, But... So yeah, my dad and I were already planning on um, going out of town for the day. Um, And after we made that plan, the funeral home called me and they were like, Millie is ready. Um, You can come get her when you're ready. And I was like, well, I don't think I can do that by myself. And you would be working the hours the funeral home is open, yada, yada, yada. Um, So I called my dad and I was like, do you think you could come with me? Um, can we leave just a little bit early, run by the funeral home, pick up Millie, and then head out of town? And so we loaded our two kids up, and we went over to the funeral home, and my dad stayed in the truck with the girls, um, and I ran in really quick, and the lady who had been helping us the whole time, she met me at the door. She said, oh, good, you're here. Do you want the blanket that she came in? And I was like, like yeah like suspecting the hospital like wrapped her in a swaddle or something and then um gave her over to the funeral home um so I said yeah I I would take the blanket that she came in um and she went downstairs and she came back up and she flopped this blanket down um, on a chair next to where I was standing and you know what a tie blanket is like where they make knots in the blanket she just like flopped this bronco tie blanket down next to me that was gross i mean it was for the broncos <laughs> it was a humongous blanket bears fan that's where it's at and i i kept looking at the blanket and i'm like i just i don't feel like the hospital would send her over yeah you're like what and what then what is this and then I got to look in. Did she hand it to you? Or no, she, she just flopped it on the chair next to me. And then she walked away or and something? And she walked away, yeah. Um, and then I really got to looking at the blanket, and I'm like, I feel like that thing is like full of dog hair. You're like, hey, Millie's not a Broncos fan. No. The Broncos thing has nothing to do with the oh, story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I just want to keep jabbing because I know you're a Broncos fan. Um, So 
Then she came back out and I said, this is not my blanket. And she was like, it's not? And I was like, no. And then she walked away again, went into the back room and she came back out and she was, she looked so confused and she was like, she was like, um, aren't you here for Bumblebee? And I was like, um, no. And she was like, who are you here for? And I was like, uh, my little girl, Millie. And she's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, come back here. I have you guys all set up back here. Um, so then she took me into a room and um, I picked up Millie's ashes and signed the final paperwork and all that. Um, and I went back out to the truck and I was kind of giggling a little bit and I told my dad the story and um, he said, well, it looks like we have a nickname. So sometimes we refer to her as Bumblebee mm. um, and we have a Bumblebee decoration in Millie's little garden in our backyard. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know about you, Ty, but like when I see Bumblebees, I, I often think of Millie because of that. <laughs> Emery does not like Bumblebees at all. Yeah, so we don't always get to be very nice <laughs> to bumblebees, but... She's deathly afraid, <laughs> as I am too. Um. So yeah, that's where the bumblebee story came from, so was the funeral home. your papa, who was her grandfather, um, he had... What kind of wood did he have? Well, it was wood um, off of a, a local ranch. I don't know if you've heard of, um, like devil's tower um but it was a wood from some ranch some wood from a ranch around the devil's tower area so he made a cross and then underneath the cross or at the bottom of the cross is a little box made out of it. the wood looks super cool and it stained it did he stain it or is that just how it looks yeah he stained it, it he, he didn't like change the color of it he just made it shiny yeah, and so there's a box, and that's where her ashes are, and uh, we got a little name uh, plate for there, and so that's hanging in our living room uh, with Millie's ashes in there, and it looks really cool. Yeah, it it's a really nice. He's really good with uh, working with the the wood and the carpentry and the crafts. I don't know what the yeah, word is. He's an old rancher, so he's Wood he's a Smith. jack of many traits. Yeah. That is for sure. <laughs> and he, yeah, he very graciously um, made us the cross and the urn um, and didn't allow us to buy or chip in financially at all. Um, he, he pretty much did the whole thing start to finish. Um, and it is, it's a beautiful piece. That is for sure. Yep, so I had that whole week off, and uh, we just kind of hung out. Um, you know, it was tough just going through it, like we've already said before. Um, so after that week, is there anything else you want to discuss about that week? Or is that pretty good? So I had to go back to work that week, and I remember this one guy. And this is kind of one of those things about some people just, you know, they don't say the right things, or I guess they don't know, or they have their certain thoughts about stuff and you know people were telling me you know sorry for our loss and all that and this guy you know he was real sorry too 
But he ended up making a comment about, you know, something like, you know, he doesn't, he didn't imagine it being that hard because of, you know, you don't really know the baby that much, kind of. And so he didn't think it would be as hard as, as it would be, you know. And so he, I, you know, I didn't say anything. I said, yeah, it's, it's a little different um, when you hold the baby and you have a connection to it, you know, there's. It's a, it's very emotional. It's very hard, um, you know. And he was like, "Yeah, I, I, I get that." But sometimes people's comments are just not very, not very good. Um, a little tough to handle sometimes. That, you know, that irritated me a little bit. Um, but, you know, when you got to go back to the real, real world after that, and go back to your day to day stuff, you know, you try to get through stuff and people's comments and stuff like that, and it makes it hard. So. Um, you know, we handle it the best we can and we know what, what we believe and how we handle it. And so we just, uh, try to move on as best as we can. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning that when I found out about Millie's birth defect, um, I, I was pretty, I would say maybe unfazed, um, for a while, um, and I just, you know, I just kept saying, like, God has a plan. Everything is going to be okay. Um, and and I think I was a little bit comparing it to miscarriage, too. Like, um, I, I knew the process. I knew the steps we were going to have to take to heal physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, but it, in fact, was very, very different. Is very, very different. Um, and, yeah, pretty much from... Um, the moment we laid eyes on her started the lowest low of my entire life. Um, yeah. And, and probably yours too. It, it was, it, we say that um, it is definitely the hardest thing that we have ever had to walk through. Um, and I mean, yeah, like with her, with her due date um, quickly approaching it, it does bring up a lot of like feelings and emotions and um sometimes it just randomly without reason yeah. kind of hits you and the grief and the the hurt and the sorrow. Yep, yep. So after I went back to work, I think your mom stayed with you that week. Um and you were still, you know, only you can describe the feelings you have, you know, about going through and not really wanting to go out and not want to you know, you can only talk to certain people and all that. So your mom stayed for a week, and then I think your dad stayed for a couple of days the next week after. And then you start having to get back into your daily routine after that. How hard was that for you? Um, I think, you know, kind of like many things in life, you just kind of had to take it moment by moment. And, um, I, I'm a stay at home mom, so I got to stay in the safety of our house, which was comforting and nice. Um, how, um, how did coming home to your two little kids affect you? Was it a good thing or was it? I would say a good thing. Yeah. It kind of helped you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to say, because I'm a stay-at-home mom, I I got to stay home, 
and the comfort and the safety of our house um, and just take care of take care of our kids and take care of my family and um, which is my my highest honor my greatest job is taking care of my family um, but it I'm, I'm not gonna say that it was easy um, but I got through it we took it moment by moment um, I you know I, I reached out to people if I if I needed help if I needed a store run you know, whatever. Um, but it, it was, it and it, and it still is very up and down. Sure. Um, I, I still have my days where I'm just like, I'm, I'm not sure this could get any harder. But then I have days where I'm like, we did so good today. Yeah. So then we kind of went back into the routine of, you know, daily life. I think we tried having the memorial... Um, a few weeks after or like a month after? No, and it we did. had originally planned to just have it in the summer. Um, I thought we so tried we once it and it, I thought we ha- were going to try earlier and then we were like, no, it's just not going to, it was cold and it wasn't going to work out very well. And then we decided to go mm, yeah, do it in the, uh, in the summer like we did. So, um, we were kind of preparing for that and we built the little memorial in the backyard um, we spent some time, you know, just paving and putting mulch down. And we bought uh, this little bench. It has a bunch of, it has like elephants and giraffes and kind of stuff. Uh, we were just like, this is a good little memorial. Um, I think, what, did my sister buy you the little heart-shaped rock? Yeah. With uh, Millie's name on it. And we put that in there. Which led us to this week on, weekend, unless there's anything you want to talk about in between there? Well, I, I just, I think, I think talking about the, the grieving process and our feelings and emotions around um, having to go back into daily life and kind of like life moving on for everybody else, but us still having to, to live in the, the current, um, like our current state of loss and of grief um, it was, it, it was, it was not easy. Um, it, it was not easy, first of all, like, thinking and feeling and, like, being hard on myself and saying, like, oh my gosh, like, we're two weeks out, why are you still crying about this? Okay, now we're three weeks out, why are we still crying about this? Um, but it's just... Like we said, it it was the hardest thing we'd ever had to walk through, and it it would just like randomly just get hit with crying, or randomly just be hit with like just like very low yucky feelings, like depression kind of, um, just where it was like we were useless, um, and um, in in but in in that process is when I got diagnosed with a postpartum depression, um which I kind of talked about a couple episodes ago where I just said like it was kind of like a kick to the teeth. I'm kind of like salt in the wound because I I take pride in the fact that I'm I'm a happy person and um I take pride in the fact that you know, I I know Jesus and he provides me joy and all that stuff. Um where I was just after 
we lost Millie, I was just like, I was so lost and just stuck in grief and stuck in sorrow. And even thinking about joy was like the hardest thing for me. I didn't want to think about it. Um, and I think also like you kind of relive like having to walk out of the hospital room without your baby or, um, you, you relive like going to the funeral home and, and signing those papers for your baby to be cremated, like things that we just never thought we would have to do for one of our kids. Um, and we were living our greatest nightmare and it was, it was not and has not been an easy five months. Um, I'm, I'm still grieving. I'm still, you know, feeling bouts of heart and sorrow and sadness, um, around Millie. Yeah. And it's, you know, for the husband or the partner or whatever, you know, it's hard trying to take that, you know, positive role all the time. And sometimes when you get your depression, uh, spouts, uh, you know, it affects me too. It's, uh, one of those things where it makes me, you know, it, it can depress me too. And then, you know, with my own thoughts, I work a lot by myself out in the out in the field, so I'm mostly in my truck all day, just driving around, um, doing stuff. So there's a lot of thoughts, and you know, it, I know we talked about this last time, and I'm not the best at describing it, but you know, there's a sadness and there's a, you know, uh, a depression and stuff that comes over me too, and it's hard when when you're depressed, and then it it, it can affect me and make me depressed, and then. I'm, you know, then it puts us in a funk in our relationship a little bit, and then we get out of it. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's definitely a journey, and it's a hard part. But you know, I think we're doing all right. I think one of the most important things that you can do when you're walking through something this hard is to just like do your best to like overly communicate to your partner, um, and. And when, but when you're in that state of mind, that's the last thing you want to do. Yes, I know, but I'm I'm just saying, like, if for both of us, I if mean, if I notice that you're quiet or whatever, like, or if you notice that I'm quiet and you ask, like, you know, is everything okay? It's it's really important that you don't just say, "I'm ev- everything is fine," and then go to bed, like it. If I, you, I would never do that. Yeah. If you, if you want to come out of the funk, if you don't want to be in like this constant funk in your relationship with your partner, uh, you have to be open and you have to communicate and you have to like be willing to share your feelings and be willing to share your thoughts. Not so that you or I can fix what we're feeling, but just so we can get through it. Just so that you can understand this is what I'm feeling. This is why I have an attitude. This is why I'm quiet. This is why I want to go to bed early. Like, yeah, just so that you eliminate any other uh, like fight or argument or hard thing that could come and throw more salt in in your wounds. Uh, Because it is easy to just shut down and be quiet and just try to disappear, like put the kids to bed and just go sit on your phone or go downstairs and try to go to bed or you know, whatever, it, it is easy to just kind of fall into like that quietness and then not really allow somebody to help you out or allow somebody to hear 
what you're feeling and what you're thinking. So I personally think it's really important that you do your best to overly communicate. And I think that we go through our, um, like our bouts of being really good about it. And then we go through our little bouts of being really bad about it. Um, I know we've both just like got up and gone to bed without saying anything or, um, say everything is fine when everything is not fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, just something to strive for, something to, you know, make a goal is to just be able to really openly communicate about what you're feeling and how you're feeling and not being self-conscious or insecure or feeling like you're weighing down the other person. Um, because reality is, is that's why you're there, you know? Um, and I, I think that that is something that I, I tend to struggle with is like, you ask them if, if everything is fine and it's just like, certainly you're not going to want to hear this again. So I choose not to share or you no, know, vice versa. And that part's true. It, it does get through, you know, sometimes it can be a here we go again type of thing or, you know, and it's trying to get your mind f- set in a way where you're not going to, you're going to be supportive no matter what. It's hard for everybody. It's hard for you. It's hard for me. And so when we, the more we communicate, which is the famous words for any marriage counselors, like you have to communicate, you know, that's where we always have to keep working and striving to do better. And uh, yeah, we have our good times. We have our bad times. And, but we work it out, you know, in the end and we, we get there. And so as long as we keep doing that and we keep trying for each other, you know, we'll get through all this we've been through some hard stuff together so where we are right now is a good spot so you know as long as we keep pushing and uh i guess it is a hard thing for people for couples that go through things like this to keep pursuing each other you know keep fighting for each other and keep um pushing and you know it's not easy i'll be we'll be the first to admit you know we we have our our bad weeks and our good weeks we did you know we we get in our our ways as some people say um but as long as we keep trying and and we keep fighting for each other you know everything's going to be good yeah I think um after we lost Millie um it it brought us extremely close um it it probably maybe even became a little bit annoying to you where it was like you were the only person I wanted to be around or yeah, I hate that. Yeah. Um, or like if we were around people, it was like very quickly I was ready to go home and just be like. That's pretty much how I am all the time. <laughs> but yeah, so so then this weekend we had the memorial and it was a good time. Um, we shed our tears and we, you know, we said our goodbyes and our stuff to all our babies. Um and it's always something to go through and always remember them. You know, it's always a good time to take time out of the year and remember our little ones that we didn't get to meet. And so we're going to keep this tradition going of, you know, making like this Memorial Day a special day where we may not have a memorial every year, probably won't, but we'll have a little time where we get together and we just uh, remember and, you know, um, keep thinking about them and spending our time uh with them in our minds too so yeah it um 
it's kind of like I already mentioned, it's, it's a, like a hardness that comes in waves. Um, you know, we'll have really good weeks, um, where we feel like we're progressing and we feel like we're moving forward and, you know, maybe we've healed a little bit or whatever. And then you kind of fall back into a funk and it's like this like super hard long super hard long grieving process all over again yeah if you have had to go through loss or miscarriage or stillborn or whatever um it's really easy to like kind of fall into like the well, like you just, you kind of just like relive the the moments that you heard the bad news or you know the moment that you held your baby who was stillborn or you know it can be a really sweet thing but it can also be a really hard thing um and so i think one thing that i would encourage you to do is like be in that moment like if your body wants to go into the kind of like remembering the day you delivered your stillborn or, you know, the day you found out you had a miscarriage, whatever. If, if your, if your body, if your mind is taking you there, go there. Like, because it's, it's more feelings and emotions that you have to feel and process through. But it's really, really important that you don't stay in that place because it can be, it can be a very like dark place for you to like dwell in. And so, yeah, I I want to encourage you to like feel those things do those things, but be very, very mindful of how long you stay there and be very mindful of what am I going to do after this is done? Because if I don't do something productive or whatever, however you kind of would heal or recover from that. And if if you don't do those things, it can, it can start you into a, a downhill spiral that can be very hard to come out of and I I um did a bunch of journaling um or note taking if you will in my phone um for a couple of weeks um I I did a little bit um like when we found out about Millie's birth defect but then after we had her um kind of like when we were in the hospital and a couple weeks after I did a whole bunch of note taking in my phone where I just, um, I put like times and dates and I would say like I did X, Y, and Z or am I, I remember when we were in the hospital, um, Ty, you dozed off on the chair. Um, what? Yeah. You dozed off on the chair when, as my water was breaking and I was just like in this immense pain and I was note taking saying like your daddy is over there taking a nap. He looks so peaceful. Um, you know, just kind of like describing the mood and the feelings of what was going on in the room. Um, and it's, it's not a good thing for me to go back and read right now because when I do, it's just like I'm overcome with emotion. It's not healthy. I cry. I get depressed, whatever. You were like, I think what you wrote in there was, look how peaceful and beautiful of a man he is. Something like something along those lines. I don't think you've ever seen that journal entry, so I don't think you know. 
Yeah, but I'm just imagining what you would have written in that spot. That's not what I <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> um. But, yeah, if, if you're going through some sort of loss, um, I would encourage you to journal and just, like, really, like, write down all of your thoughts and all of your feelings and, you know, maybe um, in the future it could be something that brings you peace. And and I am, I'm slowly moving into the place where I am able to reread the things that I wrote, um, like in the delivery process and all of that. And it doesn't always take me to an unhealthy, sad place. Um, but it does help me process some, some areas that I haven't yet processed or dealt with. Um, so... Even if you're not a journal, even journaler, even if you're not a writer, I just, I super duper recommend doing something like that. And I mentioned it in a prior episode too, where I talked about like, if you've had a miscarriage, write a little note to your baby. Um, I just kind of talk about like who or what they would have been. Um, and sometimes it's fun to just kind of like sit and daydream, like, you know, what what your added what their attitude would have been like or what color their eyes would have been and your your mind is able to paint just like this picture perfect picture of who your baby would have been um so yeah maybe just like a little piece of advice slash a thing that could be an encouragement to you is just journal and write and do something, do a thing that helps you get your emotions out and get your thoughts out. Because if you don't, then you're just going to be stuck in a, in a rotting pit. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a good idea. So I had one more question for you as we bring kind of this episode to an end, remembering Millie, um, and even like doing a podcast or recording your thoughts or something is always helpful and um, therapeutic therapeutic to help therapeutic therapeutic to help your mind but the final question is where how do we go on from here what's our goal what's our thoughts for um, moving on what are your what are you thinking for what we do to move on what's going to help us in the best way well, initially, um, right out the gate, a couple months after losing Millie, I was, I was like so ready to get pregnant again, and it felt like the only thing that could help me move on and could help me heal is if I got pregnant again and had a baby to hold, um, which we did the pregnant part, um, but we ended up miscarrying that baby, um, so in the last five months we've miscarried and had a stillborn. Um, so moving on from here is, is truthfully probably a day by day thing. Um, and not making super like rash decisions, um, putting a lot of thought into kind of like your daily life and, um, but I, I think most importantly, how we move on from here is we keep prioritizing our family and we keep prioritizing 
our time together. I know the last couple months we've been better about going on dates than we probably have ever been. Um, so just continuing to prioritize our relationship, continuing to prioritize the kids that we have here at home, um, and just providing for them. And, um, yeah, like, like I said, be very like purposeful in what you choose in your day to day. Um, if, if sitting home is not a good thing for you, then you don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I don't know fully, um, how do we move on from here? Um, maybe I can know that a little bit better after we've passed her due date and all that. Um, but I think long-term goal is we do want to have another baby, Lord willing. Um, so just keep looking forward to the day we get to snuggle another baby. So I guess as we finish up this podcast, as this kind of a memorial to Millie for us to remember, and I'm sure we'll go back, excuse me, go back and listen to this podcast quite a bit. I guess just how I want to remember Millie is that she's still my daughter and I care for her so much and I would be so proud of the girl she would be and is. And I just want to always remember her and have a piece of her in my heart and think about her once a day, every day, and that she knows that we love her and that she loves us. Is there anything you would want to remember Millie kind of as a memorial podcast for Millie? I don't know why you keep making me do this. <laughs> um. Um. Goodness. You know, um, you kind of already mentioned like she was she was beautiful even at only 17 weeks and i i often just like remember and and picture just how like how peaceful she was um wrapped up in her little blanket with her little hat on um just just always remembering that the pain is so intense earthside but the joy that she's experiencing in heaven um is is just so comforting to me um i i have um one of the pictures that the photographer took of me you and millie as the lock screen on my phone um and we each have a bracelet that we put some of her ashes in. Um, so just always trying to be mindful of carrying her with me everywhere I go. Not letting her memory die. Um, not, and like we already mentioned, like life does move on for other people, but not letting life get in the way of um, memorializing and remembering in our family, in our ex- in, ex- in our extended family, um, always being willing to answer their questions and always being willing to um, talk about her if they want to talk about her, um, because I think that's the way that we don't let her memory die, and that's the way we can purposefully carry her with us wherever we go. 
Um, and yeah, I, I told Ty last night, like, we should probably be holding a little teeny tiny baby. Um, only a couple day old baby right now. Um, and just thinking about, you know, her being all swaddled up and, um, how warm and sweet and precious that would have been. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy. Um, but it, it is comforting that we have the, the memory that we have for. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely. So we thank you guys for, you know, staying tuned, listening to our story and listening to Millie and helping remember Millie with us. Uh, again, we thank you for listening to the podcast and everything you guys do to contribute. Um, again, subscribe to our Facebook and podcasts and Apple. And Instagram. Instagram. Uh, Kenna does a good job keeping up with that and posting videos and pictures and a little bit of everything. So um, it really does help when we got this community. community. And, you know, we're looking to do some more episodes uh, uh, with some people and with some uh been through some stuff and we're also looking to kind of get into uh you know different topics on this more family aspect more family and more life aspect and you know all that relationships maybe or or whatever you know we want to we want to broaden our horizons but this is just we want to start this podcast off you know sharing our story and sharing how we feel and and doing all this stuff so we appreciate again uh everyone listening and contributing and Again, if you like the podcast or, you know, you want to write a review on Apple or Podbean or whatever, uh, we would love we'd love to hear that. Message us on Facebook if you have a story or you have a comment or you, um, you know, just anything. Um, so we're always there to listen. And we're always wanting to make this community bigger and grow more and uh, help everybody out in the way we can. So anything, last words, Kenna? Nothing other than we love you guys. Yep. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you later.